0: Welcome to ACC Nation. That's Will Ogenon. I'm Jim Quist, and we're talking college basketball with our special guest, Jonathan
1: Warner, of Making the Madness. Welcome, Jonathan. Oh, I appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, I'm always loving to talk college basketball, and uh, the <laughs> ACC, obviously not the best start uh, they've ever had, but uh, it's going to be fascinating to kind of watch Um what transpires once uh, we get into league play here, which is coming up. I, I guess some of the teams have already started, but, uh, for big time, like the real games almost, uh, come up shortly. Mm-hmm.
0: That's an understatement about the ACC. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's just like, wow. Okay. Let's, uh, let's talk about basketball in general college basketball, because there's, there's a lot going on. This has been kind of a wacky season so far. Um, not what we would have expected the sec the football conference actually has the most teams in the ap top 25 which isn't isn't really that much of a surprise if you think about it and you follow college basketball so I tell you what let's uh, let's start out with you giving us a feel for what you've seen so far and what you're kind of expecting
1: yeah i mean obviously this Season has kind of like gotten off to a wacky start. It feels like uh, Gonzaga obviously was like the preseason favorite. Everyone was predicting them to win that tile. Then Duke obviously beats them. Then it's like, oh, is Duke uh is this Duke's year? And then, you know, they, they lose. And then Purdue gets the number one ranking. They lose. Now Baylor uh, gets the number one ranking. Uh, they haven't lost yet, but, uh, Yeah, it's definitely a revolving door of number one teams. I kind of uh, reminiscent back to kind of the season that ended up getting uh, canceled by COVID uh, 2019-2020 season where uh, it was kind of like that way where we had like six different teams kind of occupy that number one spot. In the season, Kansas ended up being the number one team, but it was like took them or took it like six teams to get to the final number one team. So uh, definitely I think kind of going down a similar path and uh, that should lead for a fun March madness. Cause anytime it's kind of wide open, uh, that, that what that's what brings out the best in March madness.
0: One of the hats that you wear is bracketologist and uh, doing brackets is, is uh, an interesting and fun adventure, uh, if you like stats, then it is, it's is—it's really intriguing. I, I've got to assume you like stats an awful lot yeah. to, <laughs> to do that. Um, right now, looking at uh, every single one of these conferences, who's underperforming and who's overperforming out of all the conferences? Especially
1: teams. Yeah. I mean, underperformers, I, I, my number one team uh, is the Oregon Ducks because, like, Memphis is underperforming. You could see that being the case, like, with all the, you know, freshmen they have, and they did just pick up a nice win against Alabama. Uh, Maryland, they, they've certainly had a, uh, you know, rocky season to start uh, with Mark Turgeon on the way out. But I think Oregon's been kind of the team – Uh, most disappointing for me I thought they were like a kind of for sure like top 15 borderline top 10 team in the preseason and they've been uh, not good to start this season uh, just to say the least Uh, they don't seem to have anything figured out maybe they'll uh, go on a hot streak 10 the season sneak into the NCAA tournament but certainly they've uh, underperformed Uh, it feels like a a lot of teams are kind of underperforming. You also have some overperformers, like in Minnesota, like in Iowa State, like a Wake Forest, who uh, right now sitting at, at 10-1 uh, top the ACC standings. They've certainly gotten off to an impressive start. So uh, preseason projections, they, they're called preseason for a reason. Uh, they don't always go as planned, and uh, always a few teams that end up surprising and end up disappointing.
0: So we'll come back to the uh, the bracket aspect of it and, and maybe uh, dig into what you're thinking at this point in the season. It's, it's early, uh, but uh, it's always fun to throw this stuff around. Will it's all yours.
2: All right, Jonathan. Since we are an ACC podcast, I'm going to start there. And you mentioned one of the teams I want to talk about is Wake Forest. I, I think I think you probably figured they would probably be towards the bottom of the league this year because they just don't. It doesn't feel like they have a ton of talent, but. I feel like what Steve Forbes is doing there in year number two is, I think it's pretty remarkable given the given where this program has been. Uh, is this sustainable to you?
1: Um, I I'm not sure how sustainable it is through the regular season, uh, but I do know one thing: like they've gotten off to a good start, and with the ACC kind of being down. They're going to pick up wins, uh, whether it's beating a Pittsburgh, whether it's being a Notre Dame, uh, Georgia Tech, like teams kind of near the bottom of the ACC, uh, you know, Boston College, uh, even Virginia is down this year. There, There's no shortage of teams that you can find wins against. So while Wake Forest, I, I do think they'll probably at some point fall back a little bit down to earth. They've gotten off to such a good start that, even if they lose, you know, if they go like 12 and eight or 11 and nine in ACC play, uh, they're still going to probably find themselves in the NCAA tournament just because they've gotten off to this great start, uh, with some really quality wins.
2: Yeah. The, the win at Blacksburg, I think could be huge, uh, down the road, but, um, Towards the top of the league, I'm I've, I thought Florida State would be a lot better. I actually thought at the beginning of the season, I thought they would win the league and they have kind of under underperformed in my opinion. Why 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 do you think that is?
1: Uh I just think a lot of it comes down to they have a not a lot of like new pieces in roles. Uh they're relying kind of on you know, transfers like Caleb Mills to kind of stay take a big step. Uh They've had like different injuries. Uh, I think one player had a death in the p- family. I'm not sure uh, which player that was, but uh, they've you know, had some you know, different instances off the court uh, as well as on the court, just having like a, a pretty young, inexperienced team having to play Matthew Cleveland, John Butler, live minutes uh, early, you know, while those freshmen are eventually going to be sophomores, uh, at least we assume and that will be good next year. Uh, it's not always good, especially in non-league play, uh, when you're going up against a decent schedule, uh, which Florida State has played. They played Florida, uh, just lost to South Carolina on Sunday. So uh, not the easiest schedule and a lot of kind of moving parts when it comes to uh, underclassmen trying you know, be playing big roles for this team.
2: You mentioned him as a team that has – disappointed this year and i will definitely not disagree with you on that and as virginia uh, someone who got to see them in person win the title two uh, a couple of years ago was probably one of the coolest experiences of my life but yeah this team i thought there was going to be some correlation between this team and the the 2020 team that couldn't shoot but somehow finished second in the league because their defense was so good but they can't shoot, but the defense isn't as strong. I think one of the things that you're, that kind of bugs me with this team is despite the fact that they can't shoot the three, they still take too many of them. What is kind of your overall assessment on this Virginia team right now?
1: Yeah, it's just, I think coming into the season, a lot of it was, well, they have Tony Bennett. It's the Tony Bennett's going to figure a way out. They're still going to play elite level defense. Uh, and the, the roster just kind of didn't look the part. Uh, I think I ranked them like 40th in my preseason top 50 team countdown, uh, which I did. But a lot of it was like, I don't know exactly how this is going to work well, but I trust Tony Bennett and, uh, you know, hindsight's always 20, 20, Uh Tony Bennett has, you know, he, he always finds a way to get the best out of this team. So I still think they'll probably find a way to, you know, whether I don't think the bottom will completely fall out. And I do think they'll get uh, some wins once they do get into ACC play. But yeah, this team, they don't shoot it well. They don't, yeah, I don't think they have a true interior presence uh, with Kafar or uh, And then, you know, obviously floor spacing concerns like Armand Franklin, if he's your best scorer, best shooter. Uh, he was kind of like the second player, second or third best player at Indiana season go. Indiana did not make the NCAA tournament. Uh, Jane Gardner uh, coming up from East Carolina. He put up numbers at East Carolina, but East Carolina uh, didn't win a lot of basketball games. And then obviously Clark and Beekman uh, seem like kind of role player point guards, as opposed to uh, being major stars. So I just don't think this team has a whole lot of talent on it. Uh, and uh, we'll see if they can kind of develop throughout the season, maybe play Tane Murray, some more minutes. Uh, he was certainly big in that Iowa game, but uh, definitely not a great start to the season. Yep.
0: You're listening to ACC nation and our special guest is Jonathan Warner of makingthemadness.com. Be sure you check out his website and, uh, It's a lot of good stuff there. We're going to get into that bracket, as I I, uh, alluded to just a few moments ago, but not yet. Let's take a look at each one of these top five teams in the AP uh, Top 25. Just get some impressions about where these teams are now and where you think they may be as we get closer to March. We'll start out with uh, number one, Baylor, uh, in the Big 12. Thoughts there?
1: Yeah, they've certainly been good to start the season. I think the defense, uh, being it as athletic as it has been, uh, certainly been big. They kind of like have a, they run like two guards with Akenjo, uh, LJ Crier. Uh, you know, they they have a couple of guards, but that front line, it you know, they just have six, eight, uh, Ford who can move, and Matthew Mayer. Uh, they have Kendall Browns, Jeremy Sohan, who are both fresh who are very mobile uh, can defend kind of one through five uh, which is kind of good with them Uh, and then uh, obviously with Chamoa, Chachua, Flothamba down low you can expect good uh, rim protection with those two so they just kind of have like a highly versatile defensive team Uh, they play well together and uh, they should you know I think it's I'm still going to pick Kansas to win the big 12 uh, just kind of like Kansas's offensive creativity, but it's certainly, I think, a two horse race for that uh, league. And then uh, they certainly have a chance to win the national championship as well. Sole team
0: out of the ACC in the top 25 at number two is Duke. Um, just as a side note here, sniffing the top 25 at number 27 is North Carolina. And then after that, There's nothing. Um, So let's talk a little bit about Duke and uh, Coach K's bye-bye
1: tour. Yeah, it's certainly gotten off to a good start. Now, obviously, lost to Ohio State, Uh, but yeah, they they impressed their opening night game against Kentucky. Uh, Kind of were running them out of the gym, and then Paulo Bancaro kind of had the cramping issues, which seems to be somewhat of an issue. Uh, I think they. Have kind of given him some new fluids to intake but but he's been impressive I think that front line of Mark Williams and Theo John uh, just coming in uh, having 10 fouls each and just kind of being bruising uh, bodies inside uh, that was certainly big when they match up against Gonzaga they were uh, kind of dictating you know it's hard to really stop Drew Timmy who's one of the like premier Post players in college basketball and Mark Williams, Theo John found a way to do it. They just kind of overpowered Timmy and forced him into some tough shots. Uh, even got a couple blocks off Timmy, but uh, they've certainly been good. And then, you know, Wendell Moore taking a huge step forward has been big for them. Uh, Trevor Peels was obviously good in that Kentucky game. Uh, it's been inefficient since, uh, and they have been even gotten a great play out of AJ Griffin. Uh, he had a good performance. Last night when we're recording this, I think they played South Carolina state. He had good offensive performance, but uh, up until that part of the season, he's kind of been uh, reserved to playing like eight minutes a game. So if he can come along and be, you know, a high level score for them as a, like six man, that would be big as well. Uh, at number three out of the big 10 is Purdue. Yeah. And for Purdue, you have to love the center play. You have to love Jay Nivey. Jay Nivey is just athletic freak. He's going to get to the rim. Uh, he's going to try to dunk over three people. He's just like one of those must watch players gets a little uh, turnover prone at times, but he's certainly fun to watch. And then inside they, you know, can rotate Zach Edie, who's the seven foot four big man uh, just Dominating inside just overpowers people and is seven foot four. So good luck uh, trying to stop him at when you know, you're know you a foot from the basket. He's just going to dunk on you. And then Travion Williams, who uh, has kind of taken that six-man role and run with it. He's playing really impressive this season, uh, starting to pass a little bit more. Uh, getting the ball to him has certainly been good. Can't play or the, of the two big men together, uh, which is maybe an issue, uh, but they still are a uh, really impressive team this season.
0: Nice to see the Pac-12 back in it. Uh, most people, when they think about the Pac-12, they kind of look at Bill Walton and it's over their heads. Uh, number four, it's UCLA. They're not the only team in the uh, the top 25. Uh, Arizona and USC are also in there as well. But UCLA right now uh, looking pretty tough.
1: Yeah, and I I would say my team to be in the Pac-12 entering league play would definitely be Arizona, just with what they've done kind of to start this season. Uh, But UCLA, they're hanging up tough. They got a nice win against Villanova uh, earlier this season uh, and have kind of just... Been holding on to kind of that number four spot uh, got smoked by Gonzaga. Not sure why they're actually ranked ahead of Gonzaga, (laughs) given that the two played and it was not even close, but uh, yeah, UCLA just kind of moving up gradually in the polls, Uh, but they do get a tough game uh, this weekend Uh, play North Carolina. That's going to be a game to watch. And I I certainly think the Tar Heels will have a chance to win that game.
0: Jonathan, you can't tell me that you're not familiar with Homer voting. (laughs) 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 Um, uh, That would explain a lot about why UCLA is in front of the Zags. Uh, Speaking of the Zags, Gonzaga is at number five uh, out of the West Coast Conference. Talk to us a little bit there. And you've also already shared your thoughts about they ought to be flip-flopped with UCLA. Uh, Go a little further with that.
1: Yeah, uh, with Gonzaga, I mean, they're... Impressive to start the season, uh, although taking a couple losses to Duke. Uh, struggle against Tarleton State, and then uh, obviously the loss to Alabama. But, I mean, those are really good losses to take. Uh, Duke played what felt like a perfect game, uh, and still Gonzaga had a chance. Alabama shot the lights out, which they are as high volatility. Like, if they go uh, 20 for 40 from three, Good luck beating them. Uh, they nearly did that against uh, Gonzaga. And Gonzaga still had a chance late, to not execute a couple plays. But uh, this is still a team, you know, even with a couple of losses, they're right there in position. Uh, and kind of for them, I think the important thing is uh, not weighing the WCC. It is, you know, a true national championship or bust, uh, especially to kind of break the narrative that uh, a lot of it coming into the season is well, they can't win a national championship. And yeah, until they do, which could be this season, could not be this season, uh, we'll kind of wait and see on that. But until they do, uh, that's kind of the uh, thing that's going to be held upon their heads. So we'll
2: stay in the WCC for a moment because I think I don't think a lot of people are, realize that this is probably the best as a whole of the WCC has been maybe ever in terms of depth behind Gonzaga I mean they're probably still not on the same level as them but teams like BYU and San Francisco and St. Mary's are all having really strong seasons uh, this looks like a multi-bid league maybe even three bids for the WCC this year right
1: yeah I would say like they're I would probably set the line at like three and a half and feel tempted to maybe even go over but Yeah, with BYU, uh, they they seem like they're in pretty good shape, although they they have lost both their centers to uh, injury. That still should be, they should be able to get through the WCC, especially with a lot of games coming against uh, smaller teams. Uh, But they've been impressive. Uh, San Francisco's certainly been impressive, undefeated to start the season. Uh, For a couple, you know, not elite matchups, but like games uh one notably against uh, nevada uh that you know those are games you need to win to kind of bolster that at large resume uh they don't necessarily need to beat gonzaga either to get into the NCAA tournament but uh i think two through four with this league obviously the last one being saint mary's who nearly won the maui invitational uh had a big lead against wisconsin let that get away that would have certainly put them in position but yeah this is a you know, I think four teams chasing down uh, spots in the tournament and the WCC could be uh, on track to get a four bid WCC, which uh, usually three is the max they get. Usually it's like uh, Gonzaga and like either St. Mary's or BYU. Uh, if it's able to be a four bid league, though, that would be huge for them.
2: Yeah, you know, it might help that the, the a league, like the ACC, is really down this year, and probably won't get more than maybe four to five bids at the most. But uh, staying on the West Coast for a moment, we and Jim brought them up a moment ago uh, in terms of when he was breaking on the ranks, USC, I think. I think the one of the things that fascinates me about this team is that Isaiah Mobley might be one of the more underrated players in the country, mostly just because he plays on the West Coast and not everyone gets to see West Coast games, but. He's six ten. Is averaging almost a double double per game. Plus, he shoots over forty percent from three. Is this uh, some?
1: Does this guy have player of the year potential?
2: Um,
1: I I would find it hard for him to win the award just with so many candidates out there. But I definitely think he's you know if you're making an All American list, he definitely needs to be on it. And if you're making a Pac-12 Player of the Year list, uh, I would say it's. I would probably put him as the favorite, maybe Bennick Matherin from uh, Arizona, but he's been sensational to start the season. Uh, USC has been sensational. Uh, 10-0 start, uh, certainly uh, looking good. They haven't played the premier schedule to start the season, uh, so they've been a little bit off the radar, but USC, uh, definitely a team to kind of look out for. And uh, just in general, I think the Pac-12, You exclude the other nine teams who are not good at all. Uh, UCLA, Arizona, USC, that's going to be a very competitive three-horse race to uh, decide the Pac-12 champion. Uh, The rest of the league probably is, it it might just be a three-bid league at this point, uh, which uh, who would have thought coming into the season that the uh, WCC would be in position to get more bids than Pac-12, but that might be the case.
2: So staying sort of in the, on the Western part of the country, I think, and it kind of leads into one of the more intriguing matchups into is next week is Colorado state's another one of those teams that's undefeated. They take on uh, Alabama next week. What about, what is it about this team, this Colorado state team that has made them so good this year?
1: Yeah, I think the big thing is experience definitely matters, especially early in the season. And they're essentially running it back from last year's team, and that was kind of a team when they end up doing the selection committee seedings. Obviously, Louisville was the first team out, but Colorado State was the second team out, and they felt like they kind of let uh, a bid get away last year, and I think they've kind of come back motivated to uh, not only earn a bid, but win the Mountain West as well, and Colorado State certainly gotten off to a really impressive start to start the season, uh, beat St. Mary's, pretty handily. That's a good St. Mary's team. Uh, And then against Mississippi state, that was a game. uh, It felt like for 36 minutes, uh, Colorado state had absolutely no business winning that game and they found a way to win. So that's just uh, impressive from them. And uh, they certainly not only seem destined to be in the NCAA tournament uh, they're I would think be the heavy favorite to win the mountain West as well.
0: Well, maybe not completely all the way out west, as uh, some of the teams were talking about. But let's uh, take a look at Houston for a moment, out of the American Athletic. Your thoughts
1: there? Yeah, I mean Houston, they're going to grind games out. They're going to play, you know, tough physical defense. They're going to rebound the uh, basketball. Uh, don't be deceived by that final score against Alabama. That was a grinded out uh, type of game. Alabama just plays at such a high tempo that they score kind of got uh, in the eighties, but yeah, Houston, they're going to grind games out. They're going to uh, offensively. They're going to try to get every single offensive board uh, had multiple, you know, put back opportunities in the last possession. Uh, of course the controversial uh, no goal 10, goal ten, uh, ends up not being a goal 10, uh, but yeah, Houston definitely been impressive. Uh, lost to Wisconsin. Uh, but got off to kind of a poor start and still almost found a way to win that game. Uh, you know, nearly won out Alabama, we could be sitting here uh, with them at 11. Oh. And I think if they would have been able to win at Alabama, I think that would have been the most impressive win of uh, the recent tenure of Kelvin Sampson, just, you know, kind of because they, you know, when they went to the final four, they had a historically easy path, but this team is still very legit. Uh, they very much still have a chance to make a Final Four once again this year. And if uh, Kelvin Sampson's Cougars are able to do it, uh, That this would, I think, kind of validate last year's Final Four in a way.
0: Let's touch base uh, with the SEC. Alabama is ranked sixth, and Auburn comes in at 13. Uh, some overall thoughts on the Southeast Conference.
1: Yeah, the SEC... I think it's just really kind of a bunch of teams right there that should make the NCAA tournament. I think, uh, comfortably be, you know, teams. I don't know if there's a national championship team, uh, Alabama, I think is the closest to being it, but the other thing with Alabama is they, you know, their performance is highly volatile, uh, because they take so many threes. If they get an off night, they're susceptible to losing. Uh, but yeah, they can, they certainly can beat anyone. Auburn's been impressive. Jabari Smith is looking like you know he could potentially make a run at the uh, number one overall pick this year. Uh, Tennessee's got a dynamic guard in Kennedy Chandler. He's been uh, certainly fantastic this season. LSU is just beating the doors off everyone. Arkansas and Kentucky have you know they they have good records, haven't played the toughest schedule, but they're teams that should be. Uh, right in the mix Uh, you know even a team like Florida they had a couple really nice wins early in the season beat Ohio State at the buzzer beat Florida State so they're probably going to be NCAA tournament bound so just a uh, league that has a lot of depth and a lot of teams that should be in the NCAA tournament Uh, we'll see they can get any teams beyond that but uh, those teams previously mentioned should be Comfortably in position to make the NCAA tournament.
0: We'd absolutely be remiss, Jonathan, if we didn't touch on the Big East: um, Villanova, Seton Hall, UConn, Xavier. Um, this is always a strong lineup in a, a strong conference when it comes down to college basketball. Some thoughts there.
1: Yeah, I mean, the Big East has been certainly. I would say it's between the Big East or the Big 12 to decide which league has been the best in non-conference play. But uh, just the you know Big East as a whole, Villanova has kind of gotten off to a slowish start. They haven't been able to kind of close out games. And coming into the season, I thought the Big East would be kind of Villanova's to lose. And now it's pretty wide open. I think Villanova certainly still has to be considered the favorite on paper, but Seton Hall is uh, very – Yo, good. They're eight and one to start the season. Uh, got a nice win uh, against Texas. Uh, they've been extremely impressive, uh, especially on the defensive end uh, of the ball. Uh, they can just overwhelm a lot of teams athletically. Uh, and the impressive part about that Texas game is uh, Ek Obiagu or Ike Obiagu. Not exactly sure how to say his name uh, correctly. He was out the entire second half, and they still found a way to. Uh, beat Texas, and he's like seven foot three shot blocking machine. Uh, transferred in from uh, Florida State a couple seasons ago, he's been fantastic to start the season. Uh, UConn certainly looks good. I think I had some guard play questions coming in this season. Uh, they've certainly answered that. Uh, Xavier's been good. I think it's kind of between those four teams to uh, end up winning the league. Xavier as though it went against Ohio State I think kind of underrated at number 22 in the polls uh, I would definitely have him a little bit higher but yeah those four teams have been good Providence has been uh, a surprise got a nice win against Texas Tech so I think at this point in the season minus you know those teams just completely falling off the cliff they've already locked themselves into about five NCAA tournament bids and then of course they'll probably get a one or two more, uh, elsewhere, but big East has certainly been impressive. Will. All
2: right. Just the last couple from me, cause I'm going to, unfortunately we have some severe weather that's about to hit. So I'm going to have to probably go here in a couple of minutes, but, uh, I wanted to, oh, let me just ask this. You, I know there's been some teams that have been considered the wor- worst power five team in the country, but w- would you say, w- where do you stand on that? I think Pitts in, in, in the, The discussion but Oregon State too I think is probably right up there with them so who who is probably the worst power team in the power five
1: I am going to say Oregon State uh, to start this season and simply the reason is they were one and nine like Pittsburgh we've joked about their struggles Uh, they've certainly been uh, less than good this season uh, if not bad but they've at least kind of looked apart and some of their games uh, and you know, nearly won against Virginia, nearly beat Minnesota. Those are two, two teams. While not great teams, those are still teams that are like top 100 teams, and Pittsburgh uh, nearly beat both of them, whereas Oregon State is just everyone uh, but Portland State they have uh, lost to. So I would say Oregon State has to be uh, the favorite for that. Uh, I think Pittsburgh's in that conversation. I might put Missouri somewhat in the conversation, although I think they're a little bit better than Pittsburgh and a little bit better than uh, Pittsburgh think is a little bit better than Oregon state as well.
2: Now we've mentioned quite a few teams during this interview, but who is someone that
1: is kind of off the radar that we need to be watching? Um, I would kind of say I would like to kind of go back to, uh, The SEC, I would say LSU, they've been impressive to start the season. I think the big thing for them uh, is offensively, they're always going to be good. Will Wade kind of brings in enough talent, but defensively, they've kind of revamped uh, their defense this year. I think Tari Eason, if I was voting for SEC player of the year, I might vote for him because he's been certainly fantastic this year, especially on the defensive end. So LSU off to a 10-0 start, I think a very quiet 10-0 start. And, uh, yeah, they definitely, I think, have a chance to win the SEC, uh, make a sweet 16 or an lead eight as well. Tell you what, Jonathan,
0: uh, two more quick questions for you, and uh, one of them I'll put you on the spot. The first one uh, I know is, is near and dear to your heart, and that's bracketology. Let's talk a little bit about – where you stand with things now, some, some insights, maybe a little taste of, of what you're offering at, uh, at your website, making thematters.com, what people can look forward to, um, and, and whether, you know, give us a little taste of maybe what, uh, what you expect out of the
1: ACC teams. Yeah, the ACC, I think at this point, two teams seem pretty solidly in, I think Duke is, once again in position to uh, get a one seed. Uh, they've certainly been impressive to start the season. Uh, North Carolina, well, I think they kind of lost a couple games early in the season. I think finished fourth place out of four uh, in the Hall of Fame Classic. Not not sure exact the exact name. They all kind of run together, but uh, <laughs> lost to Purdue in a really close game. And then kind of the next day got blown out by Tennessee. So I think they kind of fell off the radar a little bit. Uh, But this is still, I think, a good team. Uh, They're starting to come around a little bit defensively. And with his front court, uh, Armando Baycott has been uh, certainly good this year. Dustin Garcia and Brady Mann can both shoot the lights out. Uh, You have Caleb Love and R.J. Davis, who are both uh, really good at the lead guard position. I really like those four. Kerwin Walton can uh, shoot the ball really well this is you know obviously a really good offensive team and team you know if the defense continues to improve like it kind of has in recent weeks I think this is a team that uh, most definitely could be chasing down like a four or three seed uh, come end of the season especially if they're able to kind of hang in to the ACC title race alongside Duke
0: Last question. This one's where we put you on the spot a little bit. You live in an area which is is known for barbecue. So, yes. First of all, do you like barbecue because I don't want to ask you the question if you don't.
1: Yeah, I'm not the huge is barbecue fan, but I certainly enjoy uh, especially well-done barbecue. Okay. And is there one particular
0: place where you live that has better barbecue or someplace that you've visited that has really good barbecue that stands out in your mind?
1: Uh, I I would say Arthur Bryant's is uh, my favorite. Uh, I'm from the Kansas City area. So i gone down to that and it's it's certainly very uh, good barbecue. Uh, I'll get, you know, whether it's a chicken or like a, a pork sandwich or a brisket sandwich. I really good sauce as well. So I, I'd say that's probably my favorite, but uh, there's all sorts of kind of good barbecue around.
0: Yeah, I, I would be uh I'd be absolutely losing it if I didn't ask some food questions. I, I typically do. Um you know we we uh, especially when we have somebody from North Carolina, we always have to ask about the barbecue. Uh so thought we would do the same thing with you. Hey, I want to point out something to to folks who are watching and listening. uh, Both Jonathan and Will, uh, severe storms going through their area, and they were both troopers to be on the show. um, And we appreciate it very much, both of you being here, and uh, hopefully both of you are, are staying safe. And thank you so much. Our special guest from Making the Madness, jonathan warner thank you for coming and joining us thank you jonathan
1: thanks again for having me on uh definitely always good to uh join any type of show and uh thanks again for uh, having me on and uh look forward to being back on at some point maybe even later this season